the Bavada at Odds podcast. My name is Seth Everett. I'm joined by the head odds maker at Bavada, Patrick Morrow, as we break down the latest odds in all the major sports. NFL week to week as the playoffs are upon us, we'll break down the latest odds plus the futures. It's the Bavada at Odds podcast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. MLB show. Here are your hosts, the luckiest men on the face of the earth, Chase Fedorsky and Bryce Holden. Welcome to episode 139 of the Underdog Sports Baseball Show with Bryce Holden. What, what, what episode? 139. I fact checked it right before. I feel like it was more. Well, we had the Hannigan one in between. Eh. But I, I 100% fact-checked this to make sure that I had it right. Okay. With Bryce Holden, my name is Chase Minorski, and normally this is where we would bullshit with you. We would tell you about our Thanksgivings. I was home. Bryce was in London. Hashtag Washed King. Uh, the Washed King returned, um, and for context... Well, he wasn't Washed King when he was there. He returned as the Washed Bryce King. returning to London is the overseas equivalent to when LeBron James went back to Cleveland. Yeah, perfectly stated. But instead of LeBron Jamesoning, LeBron Jamesoning it, there's a was for you. Yeah. In Sports Illustrated, uh, instead he just went Michael Jordan facts. He sent it to Queen Elizabeth at Windsor Court and said, "I'm back." And instead of the greatest comeback in NBA history, I was vomiting. It's Windsor Palace, Windsor Court's an apartment on the East Village. Windsor Castle. Windsor Castle. Yeah. You know the Prime Minister lives on ten. Long story short, I was yakking two thirty in the morning. I got a lot of funny texts, and I'm no, be- my God, dude. I, I, I all I was gonna say is I would be lying if I responded to any of them. <laughs> I said I we agreed that we weren't gonna bring up the texts. All right. Point being, we both had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, we saw some despite friends. the text. Bryce was overseas. Uh, for me, I saw my sister with my friend. Yeah, you were still overseas, and I saw days. Chappers. Some friends, some family. For me. Uh, got to see the Giants win, got to see Strahan get his number retired, went to wrestling, Monday Night Raw uh, in Long Island, UBS Arena, beautiful. Well, it should be, it's new. They crushed it. Um, the only complaint is you could take a train out, but you can't take a train back into Manhattan at the moment. So, kind of leaves you shit out of luck. I'm going to the Islanders game tomorrow, we're not sure what we're doing transportation-wise. Carry on. Do you have another thought here? While you're About to cough. Slug- oh, Bryce's uh, slugging cough drops. I'm not sure if he needs the cough drop because he's got a cough or just because it's gen- genuinely the only thing I have to eat in my cabinet. Uh, all that said, I said we weren't going to bullshit. <laughs> it gave me a cough. We're now two minutes into the show and we have. But um, I'm going to just rip the bandit off right now. I'll mention it again at the end. Uh, baseball is going to be locked out. Uh, the owners and the players could not come to an agreement on a revised CBA. They met for, I think, like 35 minutes today. Next week is going to be when we get into the specific talks and the proposals. Um so baseball's locked out. All that said, uh, if you're listening to this and you got some funny things you want us to cover in the next couple weeks, early ideas include a baseball cooking show, uh, Prince Fielder show. Next week, yes. next week we're going to dedicate a lot of time to the Hall of Fame. It's actually nice in a roundabout way that we'll be able to give the Hall of Fame coverage the full show news scope that it deserves. Uh, but if you think of anything funny, just don't propose baseball movies because then we know you don't fucking listen to the show because we did that for six months last year. Prince Fielder's on the ballot. Prince Fielder is on the ballot. And has a cooking show. See how I tied that all together? 
Are you, okay, so it is the Prince Fielder show. Jedi mind tricks. But because the CBA is expiring, a lot of players wanted to get deals done before baseball was locked out, locked in, mon- lock in money, lock in their home for next year. Uh, and I said this to you right before we recorded, this was the most exciting five days baseball's had maybe ever. This was NBA free agency, but for Major League Baseball, for a sport where all the stars usually wait and take their sweet-ass times to sign. Yeah, it was similar. I mean, I was up at camp for it, but the trade deadline this year. Correct, because there was real urgency. So, yeah, this was... I, I, I mean, at this point, without spoiling who we signed with, and we don't even know the details yet, but Stroman just signed. I mean, other than... who's Who are the big free agents left out there? Correa, Correa Story. Freeman. Correa, Story, Freeman, Castellanos. That's the big four. It's a hell of a big four. That's a pretty good big four, though. So all that said, there were some record-setting contracts, some guys who ended up in surprise new homes. So we'll jump right into it. Bear with us. There's a lot. Uh, and I also apologize in advance. Bryce warned me, dude, if you go through all your bulleted notes on this one, we're going to be here for three hours. So we're going to go very surface level on stats, a little more heavy on analysis. Uh, but to me, the biggest signing of all of these uh, was a record breaker. Uh, this player now has the highest AAV in baseball history. Three-year, $130 million a year. He's making $43.33 million a season. Taking his talents to Flushing for his age 37 to age 39 season, Max Scherzer is now a New York Met. Bummer for Yankees fans. That would be my first piece. I agree with you. It's just, look, I love Scherzer. I I feel like I always talk about how much I love Scherzer. I love this dude. I really, you you can't like baseball and not like Max Scherzer. He's everything you want in an athlete, in a competitor. Um, he's just a comp- He's just such a competitor. Well, right? so speaking of that, did you see his comments today that he said about the Dodgers? No. It was the most fascinating. He didn't really disparage them, but it was one of the more fascinating press conferences I've ever seen. He basically said the reason that he had a dead arm is because the Dodgers had him take his foot off the gas down the stretch. And he said, my body and my routine is so in tune to 110 pitches every start of building towards that in September that when I laid off, that was more the cause of the problem, not coming in and pitching in relief, which to me, I'm not sure I I 100% buy it, but it makes sense. Pitchers are creatures of habit. I trust everything this guy says. He couldn't walk and then pitched Game 7 of the World Series. Yeah, woke up, couldn't move his neck, couldn't walk, pitched Game 7 of the World Series, five five innings, two runs. They won on the Howie Kendrick home run. But a lot of people, I, I know a few people who are skeptical Met fans who are like, oh, Scherzer sucks, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to just, this is the only bullet point I'm going to read. Scherzer, first of all, finished third in the Cy Young this year and were a month or two removed from saying this might have been the best pitching trade deadline pickup ever. Why are we, I, I, I still think it was. No, I'm saying it was only like two months ago we were saying that. Yeah, I, mean, I think the postseason he one, narrative is... He had one is, bad start against Colorado, or else he would have won his fourth side up. Scherzer last year was, was one of 129 pitchers with at least 100 innings pitched. He was fourth in ERA, 10th in FIP, third in strikeout rate, 11th in walk rate, second in K to walk percentage, and third in swinging strike percentage. 0.86 whip. I, I mean, again, this was the lowest ERA of his career at age 36 last year. 2.46. The strikeout numbers were there. I mean, this guy's a slam dunk future Hall of Famer. I love the signing for the Mets. I know if you're a Met fan, you're a little skeptical. You know, you sign a couple other first bout Hall of Famers on the back end of their career. Pedro paid off for the first year or two, and then he got hurt. Johan, same thing. Glavin paid off for like a year or two, and then he had a disastrous couple starts to end the season two years in a row. Uh, but all that said, to me, this is the perfect fit. This is the move, like you said, as a Yankee fan, it sucks because it's the move we should have made. But 
Scherzer's one of those guys to me. I just, because he's such a creature of habit and such a competitor, I, I see this contract. Again, no pitcher is going to live up to $43 million a year. You can't making only 35 starts a year. It's impossible. But if anyone's going to maybe do it and is not going to break down from age 37 to age 39, I'll hitch my wagon to Max Scherzer every single time. He's, I mean, what what's the risk? What what are the Mets? I I mean, just a. It's like you can never have enough pitching. It's pitching. You have him. If you can get a full season out of Scherzer in the ground, the Mets are going to run away with the NL East. We're talking about a historic one-two punch. I mean, you're talking about Cy Young you're winners. Talking about like Seaver and 16, Ryan, 16 through 19 Cy Young winners uh, since 2016. I read that they're one and two. I think in WAR and ERA uh, in the National League. I guess going hand in hand with that, though. First, got to give a shout out to Steve Cohen. He yeah. said he was going to open the wallet. He got the biggest fish in the pond in the pitching market. But if you're Jacob DeGrom and you're making $27 million a year, you're the face of the franchise, I know DeGrom has these injury problems the past two years, but are you going into spring training saying, let's rework this before you know we do anything further? I, mean, I, don't, know what, I don't know if he can. There's a lockout. First of all, there's a lockout coming. <laughs> Correct. Uh, I don't know. What would he, he signed the contract. It's true. It's Brody Van Wagenen's one gift to the Mets, and he did it on the agency side. Yeah, but yeah. But if you couple that with the Cano contract, the Mets are, I don't know, Steve's paying. So if the Mets right now are who they are, and, and for the sake of this discussion, Braves bring back Freddie Freeman, um, Mets signed Scherzer, and then we'll get to the other three signings later on, but they also added Starling Marte, Eduardo Escobar, and Mark Kahana, uh, all of which I love. A lot of people are giving the Flack Mets, oh, they're too old. That's bullshit. This is a win-now team. Go get some veterans. If it holds right now, where do you project the Mets to finish in the NL East? Run away with it. Run away with it. You still, over Atlanta, they run away with it. Run away with it. They're guaranteed to win their first 40% of their games. I think if I'm the Mets, the one thing that I would say in terms of uh, running away with it. Well, no, that that doesn't sound right. They'll be with the Braves one, too. The biggest loser in all this, Philadelphia Phillies. Not even close. The Phillies are now, I mean, they're fucked. Is that is that too strong a word? They fucked. No, only because you know we've talked about Wheeler, Nola, and Suarez could be a very good one, two, three. That's the only thing with the Mets. You have the Grom and Scherzer, and then it's like Carrasco, Taylor Mango, Taiwan Walker. If I'm them, I'm still looking for one more arm. I don't know who that arm is, but I'm looking for one more. Looking for bullpen help too, and I kind of want another power back. I kind, you know what I want. If I'm the Mets, I'm calling Oakland, and I'm trading JD, Jeff McNeil, and prospects, and I'm doing a two for one Chapman, Shawmanea deal. Why don't they try and get everyone's favorite? Or is he a free agent? I think Frank. I think Frankie and Chapman would be a lot to give up, but that's also I hold Frankie in a higher regard than I hold Shawmanea, so that's why I didn't include Frankie there. If I'm the Yankees, you go get fucking Frankie and Matt Olson. If you're the Yankees, you we'll touch on, I'm sure we'll touch Just on do this something. Do please. something. Just do something. Do something. Jolie Rodriguez, I'm sure you're a great guy, but do something. Do something. So the Mets made uh the biggest I the Mets made the historic splash, but I would say the team that made the biggest splash are the Texas Rangers. But dude, didn't I text you from that ballpark and say we had to go to a game this year? Beautiful new ballpark. They got to fill it. Uh, they just gave Chris Woodward, the manager, an extension. And Chris Young and John Daniels. You know, I think we forget the Rangers prior to these past couple years, 
they spent money. Money was never the you know they were an above mid market team I would say. You and I they were the you and I had them as the favorites in the AL twenty sixteen. That Cole Hamels year. How do you remember that? Because we talked about it. I remember every conversation we ever had. Oh boy. Do do not think I remember every conversation we ever had. I believe it. I'd like to think I remember most of them, but I talk a lot of baseball with a lot of people. I don't mean you know, I don't mean for you to feel slighted by that. Verbatim, we were in the basement in Armok, you said, with Cole Hamels for a full season, the Rangers will be my pick to come out of the AL. Well now I gotta see who was on these twenty sixteen Rangers team. How'd they do? Well they didn't come out of the AL. Oh, they were ninety five and sixty seven. They were nasty. Odor, Elvis and mm. Oh, they had Prince. We love Prince. That was yeah. it for Prince though. Yeah. A lot of guys I like on this team. The line of the Shields, Lucroy, Carlos Gomez, Elvis Andrews, Beltre, Ian Desmond, Prince, Shinsu Chu, Beltran. Who pitched for this team? Cole Hamels. Oh, Cole Hamels was really good. I think that was the year that that Diekman guy was project like graded out as like the number two reliever in baseball. Yeah, Sam Dyson. Was, oh, Matt Bush. Sam Dyson was on my fantasy team that year. He was good. Then he beat his wife. We don't like Sam uh, Sam Dyson. But anyway, the Rangers, I mean, you talk about a splash. Uh, the shortstop market, five or six deep. We talked about it was a historic free agent class. And you figured one team was going to get each guy. Because to spend the money on this to get these guys, all big money players. Uh, the Rangers got two of the biggest fish. They spent over half a billion dollars, $500 million. And their middle infield for the next seven years, uh, minimum, is going to be Corey Seager at short and Marcus Simeon at second. Uh, Seager got a 10-year, $325 million guarantee, uh, no opt-outs, limited no trade. So he is going to be in Texas for the next decade. $32.5 million AAV checks in at 11th all-time. Uh, and look, Seager, of all the shortstops, I think Correa was the most well-rounded player. But if there was one guy I wanted here, uh, it's Corey Seager. Um, in the past two years, he's got hit 306, 381, 545, over 641 regular season plate appearances. Uh, that's the eighth best offensive production league-wide, minimum 500 plate appearances. WRC Plus, every year uh, that he's had 200-plus plate appearances, has been at least 27% percentage points above the league, 127. We've seen what he's done in the postseason. You know, NLCS MVP and World Series MVP in 2020. Uh, this year hit in the postseason, obviously the, Brave, or the Braves stopped the Dodgers. Defensively, I think is solid enough to stick at the position. Even if after year six or seven on this contract, you move it to third. If you get five good years of short, uh, I think there's some money to be had here. And look, Seager's that guy. Every year he's healthy, he's been dominant. He came up for the 2015 uh, postseason run, was great. 2016 won Rookie of the Year and finished third in the MVP voting. All-star in 2017. And like his injuries are fluky. He got Tommy John surgery from a slide. He broke his hand this year. It's not like this is like a soft tissue injury guy. When he's on, he's on. Uh, and Corey Seager, 6'4", 215 shortstop. He is now the new face of the Texas Rangers. Uh, what were you most surprised about with this deal, that Seager went to Texas or just that he got that much money? The money. Texas was always one of the teams that was going to spend. I thought they were going to sign his brother. They still could. They still could revamp the whole They should sign his brother and Freddie. I don't know who's pitching for this Texas team. Do you know? Can you off the top of your head name other? I mean, there's Gray now, but Dane Dunning. That's not good. Um, here, the ESPN depth chart. 
Jonathan Gray, Taylor Hearn, Dane Dunning, AJ Alexi, and Spencer Howard. Not great. I wouldn't. I would say bad. Bad. But they still got more money to spend. They need to. Granky, maybe. I think Seager, it's amazing. Seager, even though he plays for the Dodgers, I think I read has the fourth most career home runs, including the postseason in Global Life Park, uh, which just shows how dominant he was in 2020. I love this move. The Rangers need to go and make a splash. This is shades of A-Rod. I think Seager's swing ages well. I think he's a perennial 30-100 guy. I, I balls guess, fly out there. Balls fly out there. I, I have no complaints. I think he'll be a perennial MVP candidate. And again, even if... By the time he turns 33, 34, and you're in the back half of that contract, if you have to move him to third, that's okay. Dallas is just a weird place. They have this, there's this, it's taco something. It's got a pink awning. It's taco something. And they sell drive through margaritas. It's fantastic. It is dangerous. So I have two questions uh, surrounding Corey Seager. Uh, the first of which is, if Seager got 325, what do you think the market for Carlos Correa is now? I don't know how he gets more than that. And I don't know who he would get it from at this point. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, he might end up back in Houston. But. I could see the Phillies sneaking in and giving him some money. I could also see if he's willing to take a short-term deal. Put him in between... Uh, Rendon? No, I wasn't sending him there. I'm sending him to St. Louis. It's a nice one. Best defensive infield of all time. Three goal, It would be four gold glovers from this year. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Correa could get more than that. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how his market plays out because at this point, him and Story are the last shortstop standing. Uh, my other question is, you know, I think for Dodger fans... When they traded for Trey Turner, on some level, the writing was on the wall that Seager was going to be gone. Uh, Turner was the ultimate insurance play. But how much urgency is there now for the Dodgers, once we resume baseball, to get a long-term deal done with Turner, especially given you lost Seager, and then if you lose Turner after a year, for half a year of Scherzer and a year and a half of Turner, you traded Josiah Gray and Kerber Ruiz, two of your best prospects. I mean, they'll bring him back. I think you offer Turner a blank check. I mean, would you give would you give Turner more or less than ten for three twenty five? I would be comfortable giving Turner that money. Okay. Ah, yeah. I mean, his game that's is, so much. His money. game is predicated on speed, but that's so much money. But he's a perennial thirty thirty guy. I know he's crazy. There's there's a handful of guys in baseball period that you can count on for that. I agree. So it'll be interesting to see. And Seager's new double play partner, uh, it's interesting. When Marcus Simeon signed with Toronto, we thought it was going to be a one-year stopgap at second base. And what does he do? He goes and wins the gold glove in his first year of the position, sets the single-season home run record for the position with 46 passing David Johnson. Uh, and now, uh, breaking news from Eli Russo, the Mets offered Kikuchi a contract. So uh, I think his name, first name is, you. I can't say it. It starts with a Y. But Kikuchi of the Mariners, left-hander. Uh, that could be the Mets' depth move. Uh, but Marcus Simeon will be sticking at second base long term. Seven years, $175 million contract with the Texas Rangers. Uh, Isaiah Kiner Falafa, defensive wizard shortstop. He's going to kick over to third. They're going to have a very strong defensive infield. Uh, Simeon, again, this is interesting. He took the one year deal with the Blue Jays last year, finished third in the MVP, voted 265, 334, 538, 45 home runs. Silver Slugger, Gold Glove. Best ability, as we know, is availability, and he's pretty much played consistently throughout his career. This, to me, is a crazier signing uh, than, honestly, than the Seager signing. As much as I love Marcus Simeon, when, when it comes down to it, Simeon's had two good years in his career. There was a 2019 year in Oakland 
This year, he was obviously, third in the MVP. he was third in the MVP voting in 2019 and 2021. 2020 didn't do a whole lot in the COVID shortened season. Uh, he's the oldest of this group at 31 years old. I, I just don't know if going seven to 25 a year is worth it for Simeon, just because it seems like to me he doesn't have the track record of these guys. Uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, he was third in the MVP and he won the Gold Glove, and the Rangers needed to spend. Not, if this move helped him get Seager, it's worth it. And I would imagine it did. It did, could, def, clearly it didn't hurt. I mean, do, would you be comfortable with that middle infield for the next seven years? Oh, 100%. And I think the nice thing is, too, it allows Seager to DH. You can kick Simeon over to short a little bit. Well, yeah, Falafel to play short. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of ways. I mean, Falafel might, might go to the Yankees. That might be the Yankees' big fucking move. I mean, it's a great versatile infield. You know, look, giving out two seven- to ten-year deals in one offseason is always risky. But, again, they got a new stadium. They're ready to compete now. Um, and these are two – I mean, Simeon, a lot of his value also thinks – I mean, I've heard – I think that so much of his value was also tied into how he's a clubhouse leader. We've heard nothing but incredible things. Uh, somebody told me he's, quote, a Roberto Clemente Award-type player. And by somebody told me, I mean, I read that on Twitter. Uh, which all, we all know is super reliable. But that just gives you an idea of the type of personality he has. Uh, I read on Twitter that he signed with the Mariners, texted you. And then you said, pump fake. And then I texted you back saying, no, 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 he really did sign with the team. Classic Twitter. Yankees were rumored to be in on Simeon, but they wouldn't go to the seventh year. If you were the Yankees, how would you, as a Yankee fan, how would you have felt giving Simeon six for 150? Love it. Yeah, I would have been pretty in on that. And the fact that we wouldn't go seven for Simeon makes me think that there's no way we're going to go for whatever Correa wants. Uh, so Trevor Story, I hope you like pinstripes. I don't even. I, I don't think that solves enough problems for us. But Step we'll cross direction. that bridge if, if when we get there. So we talked about how Simeon had a lot of hardware. Third in the MVP voting, Silver Slugger, and a Gold Glove Award winner this year. And one of his teammates, this is big, the Blue Jays lost both Marcus Simeon and the reigning Cy Young Award winner, Robbie Ray. They replaced Ray. We'll get to that in a little bit. But Robbie Ray, talk about cashing in on a contract here. One year, $8 million prove-it deal uh, after leading the league in walks in 2020. Had a 6 ERA. And what does he do? He goes and wins the Cy Young. 284 ERA. Led the American League in strikeouts. Five-year, $115 million deal uh, with an opt-out after the third season with the Seattle Mariners. Uh, Ray is 30 years old. He's going to be the new ace of this team. I mean, you look at his strikeout rate. It trailed only Corbin Burns, Rodon, Scherzer, Freddie Peralta, and Garrett Cole this year. Uh, the home runs were a problem, but less of a problem than they were in the past. And what's the best way to cure home runs? You send them to Seattle. Was it on the podcast we were talking about the four free, big four free agents left, or was that before we started recording? That was during the podcast. We forgot Chris Bryant. We did. And I, I feel like that statement is the definition of just what Chris Bryant has become, like a good but somewhat forgettable player. I only bring that up because I feel like he's the next piece in Seattle. He would make a lot of sense. Because uh, Seattle was Seattle won 90 games last year. They won 90 games. They just got the Cy Young Award winner, uh, which, to be honest with you, look, he's 30 on a five-year deal. You have him until 35. I love this deal. I think the adjustments Ray made last year are for real. The stuff has always been there. I mean, we talked about it last week or two weeks ago when he won the Cy. He's got the highest case per nine ever. Major League Baseball history amongst pitchers with a 1,000 innings. Uh, and Ray will lead up this young rotation. It'll be him, Marco Gonzalez. Um, they will have... Uh, Emerson Hancock up soon. I had to just say his name because that's an all-time sports name. Uh, Logan Gilbert's already up. 
They traded for Adam Frazier. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So, you know, Jerry Depoto wheels and deals, but to me, this is a classic example of uh, fit meets value. Yeah, I like what I texted you this week. The contract makes sense if you look at it. Over his last five years, this is what he deserves. Based off last year, he deserves a lot more. 2020 deserves a lot less. It's the perfect It's perfect to set. It's the perfect middle ground. And it's a good spot for him. You, know, you can anchor a team that's on the up and up. You know, like this Seattle team hasn't made the playoffs since 01. Yeah, and again, the biggest thing to me is... that's the long, I think it's the longest drought in pro sports. The two issues for Robbie Ray throughout his career have been control. We saw that last year. And the home runs. And, I mean, we've seen Hall of Famers go to Seattle and not put up numbers offensively. So I think that solves it. If you're thinking who, Adrian Beltre sucked in Seattle for four years, and Nelson Cruz's power numbers were way, were way down there. Were they? I think so. I don't know if they were way maybe down just got Maybe he just got suspended. Nelson Cruz in Seattle averaged... A lot of home runs. Ignore me. He averaged 41 homers and 104 RBIs. So Nelson Cruz bucked this trend. But Adrian Beltre was not a good hitter. Nelson Cruz, another free agent who's still on the board. Another, Yeah, he's DH, though. He's in, like, the next tier for me. But someone will sign him for $15 million. And he'll have 40 homers. He'll have 40 homers. So Robbie Ray in Seattle. Um, one of Nelson Cruz's teammates was in the news this week. Former teammates now with the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, when this dropped, when this news dropped, I texted you, I thought this was going to be the biggest news of the week. Now it's on page five of our notes, sandwiched somewhere in the middle. Uh, And it's very rare that a historic extension gets thrown in the middle, but it's been one of those weeks. Uh, Wander Franco, just 70 games in his major league career, has agreed to a president-setting 11-year, $182 million contract extension with the Rays. Uh, Comes with a $25 million club option for an additional season uh, and a series of $3 million escalators based on MVP bonus that can max it out at $223 million over 12 years. Uh, It's a franchise record for the Rays, topping Evan Longoria's $100 million guarantee and also a record for any player with less than one year of Major League service time passing Ronald Acuna's eight-year, $100 million contract. Franco's going to be 21 in March. Debuted a few months after his 20th birthday this year. He had 288, 347, 463, seven home runs, 18 triples, 18 doubles, five triples, pair of steals. From July 25th to September 9th, he had a uh, consecutive on base streak of 43 games, which tied Frank Robinson for the longest streak ever uh, for a player 20 or younger. During that time, he had 329, 398, 545. More walks and strikeouts, 70 games. He was 30 in the rookie, third in the rookie of the year voting. Um, Minus three ultimate zone rating defensively. He had six defensive runs saved, though. So, again, good, not great defensively. Isn't going to kill you. Uh, Because the Rays waited until June to promote uh, Franco, right now he wouldn't have been arbitration eligible until after 2024. Uh, So the 11-year contract buys out all three of his pre-arbitration seasons, during which he likely would have made under a million apiece, and all three arbitration years, as well as six would-be free agent seasons, although only five are guaranteed. Look, I know there's a lot of people that say, oh, this is so bad for the players, this and that. Nobody in their right fucking mind is going to ever turn down $180 million when they're 20 years old. No, but this is this is weird. This th- this franchise is weird. They're the Tampa Bay slash Montreal Rays slash... Well, he's the face of that now. Is that really something you want to sign up for, though, for over a decade? I just think, again, and anyone who compares this to Acuna... Acuna's contract maxed out, I think, at like 10 for 120, 130. This is way more than Acuna. And and I think people also need, and I agree, you said this a few weeks ago, he was going to get paid in arbitration. 
But now for the next three years when he's going to be making under a million, he's making on average $18 million a year for those three years. I mean, look, if he needs the money, he needs the money. And he's providing himself with security. Again, do I think Wander Franco is going to be a stud? Sure. But there's a chance he's not. There is. You look no further. Again, not apples to apples here, but Longo signed eight for $100 million. And after Longo signed that extension, he went from superstar to he's a good third baseman. He's still in the league. He's still in the league, but I'm saying... No, you're right. He, he wasn't that upper echelon superstar that when he signed that extension, everyone expected him to be. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's there's pros and cons to it. I just don't trust that franchise enough. That's That would be my only trepidation. If you're a union, a staunch union guy, though, for the Major League Baseball, you can't look at this and say, oh, this fuck the players, dude. That no, this right? is correct. It's 20 years old. And again, I hit free agency again at 31. All right, I'm going to just report this one. There's no details yet. Um... All right, wait, wait. Who, oh, Stroman himself confirmed this. I was going to say, I saw John Heyman. Uh, but Marcus Stroman, latest big domino to fall, uh, he signed with the Chicago Cubs. We do not know the terms yet. I'm going to check Twitter right now to see if they've come up. Uh, Stroman said, Chicago's always been one of my favorite cities. Culture and passion everywhere. Beyond excited to pitch in front of one of the best fan bases in all sports. Thank you to everyone in the city for the warm welcome. I, am, I can feel it. Let's get to work at Cubs. Cool. Oh, and interestingly enough, Wrigley Field's the only stadium he has pitched in his career, but he signed the deal there. That is interesting. So this is an interesting signing to me. Um, I, I'm going to guess if Gausman got 5 for 110, I'm going to say Stroman got 5 for 100. Arbit- arbitrary number I'm throwing out here. I mean, I, I, I the Cubs are in a weird spot. That's what I was going to say. That's where I think this is the weird fit because Stroman's going to come in – He'll be the ace of that rotation uh, alongside Kyle Hendricks. They just signed for they just traded for Wade Miley, but Strowman's a guy you're going to give him a multi year deal. Hill this this indicates like a win now move, and they just gave up everybody last year. Don't get me wrong, they got Frank the Tank Schwindel, yeah, I was say best that. hitter in the National League, but I don't even think Frank could carry this team to a pennant. Not no, I, I mean maybe maybe they bring Bryant back, maybe they bring, maybe they bring them all back except for Bias. I think the big thing with Stroman, I said it before, the best ability is availability. You know he's going to go deep into games. You know it's going to be a mid to low three ERA. He's a gamer. I think it's good he's out in New York because he's a guy who, you know, I follow him on Twitter. He goes back and forth to people, which I'm sure will happen in Chicago, but less so than in New York. I, I like the move. I'm happy for Stroman. I'm glad he's going to a good baseball city in Chicago. I just don't know, like you said, how this fits into the Cubs' timeline. I don't uh, maybe he and, really likes and I also don't think they're at the point like when they signed John Lester to that big deal. One, I think Lester was a much bigger deal than Marcus Stroman, uh, as I'm sure the money won't decay. But the difference was with that, you signed Lester knowing KB Rizzo, Javi Baez, Schwarber were all on the way. So Lair, so Lair, was Contreras. They don't have that right now. Yeah, I don't know. They got Frank Schwindel and Clint Frazier and Clint Frazier. I, I don't know. And Jonathan Holder, you remember him? I did, if he's happy. I mean, I don't know. The Cubs are cool. The Cubs are. Cool. I'll get a Strowman Cubs jersey. A nice number zero. Nice, nice number zero. I mean, he was good last year. He was very good. Ten thirteen with three oh two ERA. I mean, he's he's a gamer, and he's smart as shit. He went to Duke, and he's short, and he is short, and he's from Long Island. So Marcus Strowman, he goes to the Cubs. Uh, we talked about last week, two weeks ago. I don't remember when he signed, but Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, he signed the first big free agent deal, five years, $77 million with the Tigers. 
And that was our indication, like, okay, the Tigers think Spencer Torkelson, Riley Green, this young core, they're ready to go for it. Uh, we both thought if they were going to sign a shortstop, it would be Carlos Correa, given the ill just like to spend money. Uh, and on top of that, there's a connection to Hinge. But instead, six-year, $140 million, the new shortstop of the Detroit Tigers is Javi Baez. Yeah, it's a weird fit. Again, the Tigers, they're doing stuff. I like when teams are starting doing stuff. Tiger shortstops last year hit a combined 201, 275, 321, a 62 WRC+, plus, which was the second lowest in the sport. Only the Pirates were worse. Uh, last year, Baez split between the Cubs and the Mets. 265, 319, 491, 31 homers, uh, 18 steals. He's a two-time All-Star. He's 29 years old. Power hitting, very versatile and strong defensively. He could steal some bags. Uh, in his career, 273, 11, 508 hitter, 102 home runs, over 1988 plate appearances. I, I guess the one thing I worry with Baez. I don't like Baez. I would not have wanted the Yankees to sign Baez. Baez is amazing. If he just walked like 50 times a year, we're talking about a perennial MVP candidate. He strikes out so. I mean, you and so, I, when we and you so went to the Mets game together, much. we were watching, and we just said, why would you ever throw this guy a strike? I would just bury him with breaking balls. He swings at everything. If Bovada had a prop bet for Javi Baez strikeouts, I would take the over every single game. Look, I give the Tigers credit. They're spending. They're bringing some excitement back into the fan base. You know, I think they didn't want to spend the money on Correa. Uh, and I get that. You know, the Mickey contract, as great as it was in the first half, it burned them. You could say the same thing about the Jordan Zimmerman contract. I mean, they've given out big money. Hasn't worked out great in the past. Torrey Hunter was good. Who? Torrey Hunter. Torrey Hunter was good. But he fell over the fence. Yeah, but not his fault. It was a fence, man. And it was a historic picture. Um, look, I get it. They didn't want to go big. I just think Baez, I think you'll get another two, three years. But he's a guy, because of his free-swinging tendencies, free swinging tendencies, he's so reliant. So much of his value was turned into his speed and athleticism. And when that starts to go, this contract's going to get bad quick. All that said, though, for the next... I think Hinch is a good manager for him. Me too. I think Hinch will let him do his thing, reel him in a little bit. I think for the next two, three years, this is great. Uh, and if nothing and else... And there is an opt-out after two years. I don't think he's opting out. I don't think he'll get that much more on the market than 23, 20, 23 and a half, 24 a year. But if nothing else, you know, Baez is going to bring fans to the park and have them talking. And I think right now the Tigers are in that stage. So, good move. Yeah, it's a sign. It's a fine. Move. I don't think I'll put it this way. I don't. I don't see it as a gross overpay. It doesn't impact the. If Simeon got seven for one seventy five, I think Baez at six for one forty, you can live with it. Yeah, that checks out. Moving along now, and again, these notes were really organized by team. Now we're just going to bounce from place to place. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. They lost Robbie Ray. They signed one of the other top starting pitchers on the market, Kevin Gausman, five year, hundred ten million dollar contract. Uh, over two years in San Francisco, Gausman bounced back from a tough 2019 season. He had a three ERA over 251 and a thirds innings pitched. Uh, 59 and two thirds innings. He was sixth in the Cy Young Award voting. Uh, this year through 192 innings was great. He had an ERA under three for most of the year. Tough second half, but struck out over 200 guys. He was on my fantasy team. I loved Gausman. Um, all in all, look, I, I actually think long term. This might be a better replacement for or better value than Robbie Ray. It's safer. I don't think Gasman's is likely to blow. Well, I get. I feel like it's a lot of money for Gasman. Gasman last year, I mean, fourteen and six, two eight one ERA, two hundred twenty seven strikeouts, one point oh four two WHIP, five point four WAR. He was good. Yeah, like those numbers aren't that much worse than what Robbie Ray did, and Robbie Ray won the Cy Young. It's a lower ERA actually. I, I, again, yeah, but. I, I don't know. 
this I I think there's something off with him because I've never really seen him do this. No, they're, look, they're both thirty. Last year was definitely the career year. Um, I, I think a large part of it is he scrapped his slider. He's just pretty much a splitter changeup guy at this point. Um, I think regardless, the fact that you did get Gausman to replace Robbie Ray, in my mind right now, even though they lost Simeon, that team goes into next year with a rotation of Berrios, Gausman, Ryu, Alex Manoa. Uh, and again, I know losing Simeon hurts, but they still have Vlad, they still have Bechet, you're going to have a full year of Springer. In my mind right now, the Toronto Blue Jays on paper are the overwhelming favorites in the AL East. Where do you rank them in the AL? Depends what the Astros do. I think the White Sox take a step back, uh, unless they bring back Rodon. I think the rest of the AL Central's a crapshoot. I, I want to put the Yanks up there. I just I can't. You can't. Can't. They haven't done anything. They refuse to do anything. Um, I think if the Astros go and replace Correa with a semi-competent bat, bring back the same lineup as last year, healthy Bregman. A healthy Verlander. Healthy Verlander as well. I like the Astros. But yeah, I mean, to me, the Blue Jays are the favorites in the East. Um, and if you were going to lose Robbie Ray, bringing in Gausman is a pretty good fucking second place prize. I mean, it makes sense. And you get two draft picks and you didn't have to give one up because Gausman had no qualifying offer. For all of you who are big on the draft. Not sure how many of you there are, but it's food for thought. I'm not a big draft guy. Neither am I. Except draft day. We love that movie. Pancake-eating motherfuckers. That's what we are, Chase. So this is another deal that was announced uh, right right before the podcast. We don't know the terms yet, but Chris Taylor is back with the Dodgers. Uh, since his 2017 breakout, he's at 265, 343, 641. Uh, huge postseason this past postseason. Huge clutch home run uh, in the first round against the Giants. 254, 344, 43, 20 homers this year. 113 WRC+. plus. He was an all-star this year. Uh, and honestly, I, I think once the Dodgers lost Seager... They couldn't afford to lose Chris Taylor. Yeah, He's Twitter, the blue guy Twitter, they need. Twitter was actually going nuts demanding the Dodgers resign this guy. They needed Chris Taylor. Now he could fill in, you know, all around the infield with Gavin Luxer. He could play the outfield. Uh, what do you think Taylor got? I have no clue. I'm going to go four for 60. What Ben Zobris get with the Cubs? Four for 64? 56. I'm going to go 60. I'm going to go the Ben Zobris contract with inflation. I have I couldn't tell you what this contract looks like. I'm glad that he's back in Los Angeles though. That that just seemed to me. I mean, they're they if they don't get him back, they lost. It was almost an absolute disaster offseason. Taylor, it's still bad because they got Andrew Heaton. T- Taylor and Turner, two guys, just because of how much they revitalized their career, and they just seem like the heart and soul guys of this Dodger run. I just can't picture them playing anywhere else at this point. That sounds right. Oh, you know what else we forgot about the free agents? Kershaw. Yeah, but I kind of have him going back to the Dodgers. All right, no fun there. Uh, the other big extension, other than Wander Franco, was Byron Buxton. He was involved in trade talks this offseason, but instead he signed a seven-year deal uh, worth $100 million. That's with, a very tradable contract. With the Twins. Uh, they offered him 80 during the season. He turned it down. But again, seven for 100. Uh, it's going to cost him six free agent seasons. Six free agent seasons. That's oh, that does make sense. Never mind. Six years that he could have signed as a free agent. I read that wrong. He's 28 in December. Entering his final year of arbitration was projected to earn $7.3 million this year. So through that lens, uh, contract could be looked at as six year, $92.7 million. Buxton is the classic. Uh, we've Again, I've been saying it a lot. The best ability is availability. 
He's never available. He's never available. But when he is available, I mean, this year he played... He was the MVP for the first month and a half of the season. This year he hit 19 home runs and stole nine bases over 254 plate appearances at 306, 358, 647. Was worth only was worth 4.2 fan grab despite only playing in 61 games. He was your fantasy stud. He's as talented as there is in the league. Plate appearances, career high is 140 games... Um, he played 92 in 2016, 87 in 2019, 39 in 2020. So, so injury prone. But all that said, if this guy's healthy, we're talking about a guy who could easily be considered one of the most valuable players in baseball. And again, for that reason, you know, again, if you look at it through the lens, it's a great six contract for 92, 15, 16 a year. I think it's fair for both teams. And if you're boxing and you do keep, you know, getting hurt, you locked in a hundred million dollars. It's a lot of money. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot of money. But the Twins got great value. Twins got good value. Uh, and then the Mets, we talked about Scherzer before. Um, originally, they made these three moves all Friday. And I texted my dad. I said, if this is all the Mets do, good offseason. Uh, the big move of the three was they signed Starling Marte to a four-year, $78 million deal. Uh, Marte last year between the Marlins and A's hit 310, 383, 458, 12 home runs. MLB best 47 steals in 120 games. Uh, he missed a month of action because of a rib fracture. But again, 134 WRC plus, the best mark of his career. Successful, Successfully stole 90.4% of his attempts. Uh, again, the 2021 campaign was extreme. 372 BABIP. So he's going to probably take a step back there. He's an aggressive hitter, never had an above average walk rate. Uh, but again, he's strong <laughs> defensively. steals a shit ton of bags. He's fun to watch. Uh, and at under 20 a year, I really even – forget the Scherzer signing too. Take this one in a vacuum. This is another guy. People were like, oh, he's 33. He's not going to age well, blah, blah, blah. This is one of the most exciting players in baseball last year. And a guy we talked about in the MVP race, if the A's made it. Under 20 a year. I love this move for the Mets. Uh, now defensively with Kahana, Nemo, and Marte, a very strong defensive outfield. Yeah, I like it. I mean, he's a speed guy. Speed guys, it's good to get speed guys some love. And everyone talks about wear and tear. they got to remember, he sat out most of the year with a PED suspension. He's a sneaky PED guy. Sneaky yes. PED guy, but I like Starling Marte. I think this is a good fit for him especially. I mean, you get almost $20 million a year as a 33-year-old guy who relies on speed. Good value for him. Uh, and I felt that way about Kahana too. Kahana and Escobar both got two-year deals. Kahana, two-year, $26.5 million. I mean, since the start of 2019, um, he's been an above-average hitter all four of the past years with WRC+. Plus, 377 on base percentage. You know, Escobar, two years, $20 million. He could play all over the infield. Huge power hitter. He was an all-star this past year. Um, I, I mean, you look at Escobar. Escobar is a guy who I think a year or two ago came very close to leading the league uh, in RBIs. Uh, two years ago, Escobar had 35 home runs and 118 ribbies with the Diamondbacks. Uh, all in all, again, these moves aren't going to jump off the page, but Kahana deepens the lineup. Escobar could play all over the diamond. I think the Mets offensively are a much better, deeper team next year. Yeah, they need to do something with the lineup. I, I mean, it's Marte at the top. I, I just like they need another stud in there. They need another stud, but at the same time, if you're around the horn, it's Kahana, Kahana on left, Marte in center, Nemo on right, Pete, McNeil, Lindor. Oh, I forgot to have Lindor. Ideally, they sign Chris Bryant, honestly. I think if you and sign Chris Bryant or you sign a shortstop. Yeah. Uh, then I think they're in good shape. But again, you have now J.D. JD Davis, McNeil, all these guys who could be used as trade trips. So uh, very good first week as GM for Billy Epler. You know, if you're like the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, tenth choice, you got to go big in the first week. 
you know what? Sometimes it's the middle of the pack choices that pay off the biggest. Uh, like Mick Cronin at UCLA, to give a personal analogy. He was the fifth choice. We made the Final Four last year, number five in the country this year. That and is be- a good point. And before you say it, yes, I know. We got curb stomped by Gonzaga last week. I was in London, so I didn't know that happened. It didn't even happen then. Didn't really happen. Uh, so another all-star that got very quietly moved under the radar, might have got lost in the shuffle a little bit, to be honest, uh, is Adam Frazier. The all-star second baseman got traded from the Padres to the Seattle Mariners. Uh, Frazier was traded in exchange for Ray Kerr and Corey Rozier, uh, two top pro- two prospects, not even top prospects. Are you prospects. sure that's not a Rozier? Could be a Rozier. We'll go Corey Rozier. Um, he'll share time in the middle infield at Frazier with J.P. Crawford and Abraham Toro and Ty France will fill out the outfield. Frazier was an all-star last season before slowing down in San Diego. Uh, he had four war uh, slash line 305, 368, 411, over 639 plate appearances. Uh, he is entering his final year of arbitration. He's projected to make $7.2 million, so relatively low-risk, low-cost acquisition for the Mariners. I mean, again, this is like the classic second baseman. He just puts the ball in play a lot. Last year, hit 305. I mean, he was bad with the Padres, as good as he was with the Pirates in the first half. Uh, so this, to me, good good move for the Mariners. I don't expect it to be an all-star again. Um, but I think this is also a very poor reflection on... What the hell is his name? Preller? A.J. Preller, because the prospects he gave up for Frazier at the deadline were certainly better than what he just acquired from the Mariners. I don't know. The Padres are a mess. They're a mess now. Yeah, but they have a great new manager. They do. But like Marty Huggins, they are a mess. Uh, but all in all, look, if you could get an all-star second baseman on the cheap, and if nothing else, if Frazier just goes and hits 300 for them, good low-cost acquisition. Yes, yeah, not bad. One last extension. Uh, I forgot about this one, and this was one of three moves that the – four moves, excuse me, that the Miami Marlins made this week. Uh, the first one is the big one, Sandy Alcantara. Five-year, $55 million extension. Now, he's 26 years old. Uh, and this broke the record for the highest extension for a pitcher with between three and four years of Major League service time, previously set by Carlos Martinez in February 2017. Five years, $51 million. Uh, Alcantara throws gas. And last year, he lost a lot of games. So I think his season got lost in the shuffle a little bit. But he was 9-15. But 319 ERA, 1.075 whip, 201 strikeouts, 205 and two-thirds innings. He was an ace. Uh, this was the main piece they got in the Marcelo Zuna trade, actually. Uh, and all in all, look, for $11 million a year, I think for Alcantara, he can hit free agency now at 31, so he doesn't give up too many years of free agent, uh, free agency. And for the Marlins, you get a guy at $11 million a year, and I do think he would have made more in arbitration. Good move for both sides. Yeah, uh, I like this and, piece. And he'll be the leader of this young Marlins staff now going forward. That did make the playoffs a few years ago. They did make the playoffs two years ago. And won a playoff series, crazy enough. Um, the other moves that the Marlins made, I will just jump these together. Uh, the first one, they agreed to a four-year deal with outfielder Vaziel Garcia. Four-year, $53 million there. Um, this, to me, was the most interesting of all of them. Garcia last year, 262, 330, 490, and a 117 OPS+. plus. 29 homers, 86 ribbies, and 135 games for the Brewers. He was on my fantasy. He was good. He's good. I just, I mean, again, four for 53. They're paying him $13 million That's a, a year. Uh, it just seems like Garcia's just a solid, like he to me is like a $7, 8000000 million a year role player, not a guy you're paying $13, 14000000 million a year coming off of what's a career year. And he's 31 years old, so he's not like he's that young. Yeah, I liked him as my utility guy on a fantasy baseball team. 
two moves that the Marlins made, two trades that I really like. Uh, the first of which was getting Gold Glove catcher Jacob Stalling for the Pirates uh, in exchange for Zach Thompson, Kyle Nicholas, and Connor Scott. Uh, Stalling is going to be 32 next month. Doesn't really hit great. Uh, 780 plate appearances dating back to 2019. 251 average, 331 on base, which again, for a glove first catcher, you could do a whole lot worse. Uh, but over the past three seasons, he's got 42 defensive run saves. Beat Yachty for the Gold Glove Award last year. Uh, he's only going to make $2.6 million in arbitration projected by MLB Trade Rumors next year. So again, nothing crazy. He's being controlled through the 2024 season. Uh, and again, when you have a young team with a young pitching staff, this is the kind of move you have to make. You get a veteran gold glove catcher who you have the next three years and will help that young pitching staff grow. Love this move for the Marlins. The Yankees were linked to this guy. Would you rather have him for the next three based on what you're paying him or JT for the next three when the, for $25 million a year? You're saying at the opportunity cost? Yes. I still think JT because I think JT bounces back and has a better year this year. Um, but for this specific team, I think it's a great fit. Uh, and the Rays. You talked about how the Rays do funky things. They love funky things. Joey Wendell last year was an all-star for the Rays. Uh, again, never never a great, great hitter. Uh, but last year was an all-star. Over the past four years for the Rays, 274, 334, 14. Uh, you know, 106 WRC+. Plus, plays all over the bag. Yankee killer. Um, and he is now a Morrow, and they traded him for prospect Cameron Meisner. Uh, Meisner was their second, was the number 35 overall pick in 2019. Hit 253, 355, 433 between Class A and Double A. So not a, a nothing prospect for sure. Uh, but this move I really like for the Marlins. Wendell, so much playoff experience with the Rays. Big game player. You can put him all over the diamond. Uh, and again, I don't think the Marlins are going to be a playoff team next year. But they're missing. They're missing. They need a. They need a bopper. They they're, need Castellanos instead of Garcia. They're a bopper. Well, they could still get Castellanos, I think. They're a bopper. Maybe they're the team that just says. They're a bopper away, but again, if, um, you know, they got Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Trevor Rogers, they traded for Jesus Lazardo, Sixto Sanchez. That is such a good young Maybe, core rotation. What do you think about this, Chase? Correa shat on Jeter because he knew that Jeter was going to sign him. He really would be an unbelievable fit there. Just saying. I, to me, this the Marlins, I forget who we talked about this as last year, but every year there's that one team that has just like the under-the-radar really solid offseason. And they don't do anything that jump off the page, but you lock up your ace here and you got three solid veteran players. Nobody's going to talk about the Marlins offseason as one of the best, but in my mind, they filled the needs they needed to fill. Now it's just the hard part, like you mentioned, you got to get a superstar down there, which you would think guys would want to play in Miami. But. LeBron did. Second LeBron mention of the show. It's true. LeBron did. And his Red Sox ownership group bought the Penguins. You see Udonis Haslam got some good minutes while you were in London. It was awesome. Did he get did he get ejected again? No, he was setting picks. He was dunking. He was assisting. It's like 2006 all over again. I think he's going to play until he's 100. He's got the best gig in sports. He might as well. They basically pay him $3 million a year to be an assistant coach player. Why would you ever give up that gig? In Miami. He's filling the Jawan Howard role. And then Jawan Howard now makes a lot of money coaching. So, Haslam, the journey is there for you. If you want a fun YouTube video, look up Udonis Haslam's song. It's like, have you seen it? I have not. It's it's like Udonis Haslam. Uh, watch the YouTube video. San Francisco Giants kept two of their own pitchers and signed a third veteran pitcher. Uh, Anthony Disclafani, three-year, 
$36 million contract. Uh, last year, he had a personal low 317 ERA, uh, had a fastball north of 94 miles per hour, was very good for the Giants all year. Personally, I thought they were going to give him the qualifying offer, 3 for 36. I think great value for the team there. Uh, they're going to give him his age 32 to age 34 season. Alex Wood, he's back two-year, $25 million. Last year, he signed for $3 million, 383 ERA, 130 in two-thirds innings and 26 starts. His heaviest workload since 2018 was great in the postseason. Alex Wood, again, he's the guy we know. Uh, when he's on the field, he's great. You just got to get him there. Uh, and Alex Cobb, he signed an agreement with the Giants. The terms as of this podcast were not disclosed. Uh, Cobb, as bad as he was with the Orioles, was sneaky okay with the Angels. 93 in the third inning, 3.76 ERA. Um, his strike, swing and strike rate and strikeout percentage were both career best marks. Uh, his ground ball tendencies were up where they usually need to be. So taken as a trio, Giants rotation next year is looking like it's going to be Logan Webb. Disclafani. I don't think he got busted for roids, though, did he? I think so. So you're going to have Webb, Disclafani, Alex Wood, um, and now you're going to have Alex Cobb. Fifth starter is going to be Tyler Beattie. I think this Giants team will go into next year and be competitive, but they haven't spent any money yet. I mean, what's the move from there? They bring back Brian. I think they need another pitcher. I think you need another. I don't know who's out there. Kershaw's Hirsch? not going to go to San Francisco. Can't. They, uh, again. I don't know if the two teams would line up. They would be another team that would make a lot of sense for a multiple A's trade. Problem is, though, you sign you got Brandon Belt and you have Longo. Uh, so maybe if not. DH, if the DH comes to the National League, though, that opens up a whole new world of trades. Again, though, the Giants, they have their ace in Logan Webb, and then you surround them with good, solid veterans. So that's been the Giants' offseason so far. Uh, we mentioned this earlier, but the Texas Rangers, offensively, they made a bunch of moves. They also signed Jonathan Gray to be their new ace. Four years, $56 million. Uh, Gray, third overall pick of the 2013 draft, to spend his entire career with Coors Field at his home ballpark. Uh, and again, everyone's saying, oh, Coors Field, Coors Field. He had a 4-5-4 ERA in home games. Um, and on the road, 4-6-5 ERA. So uh, again, there's only so much there, but he throws hard. Um, and again, this is just, this to me is like the Zach Wheeler signing on a much more micro level. You know, a guy's got good stuff and you're just taking a hope that you're hoping that he makes the next jump. You know, Gray is still young. He's under 30. He's going to be out of Coors Field. Uh, again, he throws hard. I, I just, I don't like him having to be the ace of the staff. Correct. I think, I think this would have been a good move for the Giants to make. Yes. You put Jonathan Gray there. I just, I also don't think, again, I know you're going on speculation of what he'll do outside of Coors Field, but nothing Jonathan Gray's career has said he should be a $14 million a year pitcher. I think we're going to have to reevaluate what a $14 million a year pitcher is. It's kind of like the NBA that one offseason. Like a bunch of random. When like Mason Plumlee was getting $18 million a year. Mozgov's getting Bismarck, Bayambo, and Mozka got $70 million. I agree. Oh, I think, and that goes to with what you're saying. Alex Wood just got twelve and a half a year. Pitch 130 innings. So I'm with you on some level. I, I just don't know if that was a gamble I would have. I just don't think he's good enough to be the ace of a major league team. That's that's pretty cut and dry and simple. Um, before the Mets made all these moves, Steve Cohen was in the news because Steven Matz signed a four-year, $44 million deal uh, with the Cardinals. Matz is 30 years old. Um, last year... He clipsed, uh, excuse me, over his past 362 game seasons, he clips 162, 150 innings. Uh, each of those has then an ERA between 382 and 421. Never had swing and miss stuff. 
Um, but again, last year with the Blue Jays, he was actually surprisingly decent. He was good. He was good. And now he's in a good spot for him. Now he's last year he was 14-7 with the 3-8-2 ERA. If, if that's your number four starter down in St. Louis, or three or four, that's exactly what you want. Yeah, I think all in all, look, he's a lefty. You're only paying him $11 million. Like, look, I'd rather have Steven Matz at $11 million a year than Alex Wood. I would also rather have that than Jonathan Gray at 14 a year. I agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, that rotation now, you have Wainwright, Mikolas, um, Jack Flaherty, Matz, and then one of Dakota Hudson or Jake Wilford. Cardinals, I think, will be right back in the race with a new manager. Uh, but the big thing here was Steve Cohen said, uh, I guess Matz somewhat verbally agreed. Uh, and this was just a great back and forth. And a lot of people are joking, like, Steven Matz is the reason the Mets have signed all these guys. Uh, Cohen said, I'm not happy this morning. I've never seen such unprofessional behavior exhibited by a player's agent. I guess words and promises don't matter. Uh, and then Matz's agent responded by saying, we are aware of Mr. Cohen's tweet. It's unfortunate that he chose to take his frustrations to Twitter. I will not do the same. I gave a statement to Ken Rosenthal, we'll then put it on Twitter. And instead, we'll take the high road, which is consistent with both my character and the character of our client. Steven Matz grew up a Mets fan, loved his time there, continues to invest in the New York community through his efforts supporting New York's first responders. As a result of all that, there was a strong pull to return to the Mets, but ultimately he made the decision he felt was best for him and his family. Steve Cohen is George Steinbrenner 2.0, and I wish he was the owner of the Yankees because how it won't spend for anything, but for baseball in the city of New York, it's fucking awesome to have somebody like that. I thought it was soft. I didn't like it. What you Colin like, said? Yeah, it, dude. It's the. It, it's, I think it is soft. Dude, I, it's it's the it's business, man. I agree with you. I just think, in a very roundabout way, it's nice to have somebody shining a light on the game in New York. And uh, you know, Cohen. I like Cohen. I wish Cohen's owned the Yankees because he's paying money. I don't want him to rip on other players. Cohen, for his strengths and his weaknesses, he does do that. He shines a light on the game. He does. All right, bunch of reliever deals. There's two I'm going to focus on, and the rest we're just going to run through. Uh, Angels finally signed some relief pitchers, so that's, that's cool. Uh, the big free agent deal was Rysel Iglesias' four-year $58 million deal to remain with the Angels. They gave him the qualifying offer. He declined it. Uh, he got traded from the Reds. They were trying to shed his $9.1 million contract last year to the Angels, uh, and he was great. 70 innings, 257 ERA, 34 of 39 save chances. It was his fifth season uh, since 2016 with sub-three work. Overall in his career, high strikeout rate. Um, he has the eighth highest mark of the 138 relievers with 50-plus innings um, pitch for a strikeout rate. And his swinging strike rate trailed only Josh Hader in that group. Iglesias, uh, I mean, look, he's the guy who you get frustrated in fantasy with, but the numbers are there every year. Uh, and for this Angels team, the fact that he could go multiple innings I think is huge. And given some of the contracts that have been given out to closers the past couple of years, I don't think it's that crazy that Iglesias got what he got coming off of a year where he had 34 saves, 257 ERA, and 103 strikeouts with a whip under one. No, that all checks out. Yes. It's a solid move for him. Good move for the Angels. They still don't have any starters other than Thor and Otani. No. But Iglesias is a good relief pitcher. And I'll still bet on them throwing the World Series because I like to do that every year. Uh, Mark Melanson, new closer of the D-backs, two-year, $14 million. Last year led the National League in saves. The second year in a row, he had a sub-3 ERA, the seventh in his career. Uh, he made $3 million last year, was an all-star last year, 39 saves. Yeah, I mean, Move does nothing for Arizona. Arizona's bad. Yeah, they're another team I just don't get. I'm also surprised more teams weren't in on Melanson. He led baseball in saves last year. He was good. He was good, yeah. 
Um, but you know, seven million dollars for an agent closer, you take it. Like, why didn't the Phillies sign Melanson? Well, so instead they signed Corey Knebel to a one-year, ten million dollar deal. We saw him as the opener in the playoffs. Uh, Velocity-wise, he was throwing ninety-seven, uh, so his velocity was right around where it was pre-Tommy John surgery. Two-four-five ERA. Uh, over 25 and two-thirds innings, 29.7% strikeout rate, 8.9% walk rate. I agree with you. If it was Knebel, a 1-for-10, or Melanson, a 2-for-14, I would have gone with the proven thing. I know Melanson is older. Uh, but again, the Phillies, time and time again, take the big swings with the bullpen, and it never works. Just go for solid consistency. You know Melanson is going to have some hiccups, but the majority of the time he's going to get the job done. Uh, Knebel's exciting. He's got a good agent that he got $10 million, to be honest. I mean, he was good last year, but was never... Really, the closer for the Dodgers, it was still Kenley Jansen, another big free agent out there that we forgot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, these are two, when you look side by side, D-backs got great value from Melanson, and I'm fucking pissed if I'm Melanson. If you're, why are you pissed if you're Melanson? I think if Knievel got $10 million for one year, Melanson could have gotten around the same. Maybe he wanted to be in – I think uh, we're from New York, but people like living in Arizona. There's rattlesnakes. You also don't have to leave for spring training. You can stay at your home. It's massive. Well, they think that's part of the reason Scherzer signed with the Mets. The money was obviously a huge part of it, but his home uh, is 30, mi- 30 minutes away from Port St. Lucie, where the spring training facility is. And yeah. they paid him $43 million a year. And he's getting another 15 from the Nats. So other reliever news. Kendall Graveman, three-year, $24 million deal uh, with the White Sox. Last year, Graveman was outstanding. Uh, he switched to the bullpen. Uh, a few seasons ago, and since then, 205 ERA between Seattle and the Astros. Uh, we know that the Mariners players lost their mind when Graveman got traded to the Astros. I was in uh, Hunter Mountain for that trade. He was traded when they were playing the Astros. Which is crazy. I mean, it worked out for both teams because Abraham Toro is a big piece. I mean, last year Graveman was 5-1 and one with a 177 ERA, uh, .982 whip in 53 games. With the Mariners, it was a microscopic .82 um, this now is the deepest bullpen in baseball, but I, to my mind, this all but ensures Craig Kimbrell gets traded now, correct? Uh, so with that in mind, I don't know. I just don't think you're giving Graveman eight a year, Hendricks sixteen a year. I don't think you could justify giving forty million dollars to your back three relievers. What are you trading for, Kimbrell? I don't know, and that's the problem. And it goes back to what we said with AJ Preller. Whoever you trade Kimbrel for, you're not going to get back as good of a piece as you gave up in Nick Modrill. So that's the hard part. Maybe they just say, fuck it. Reinsdorf says, you know what? I'm getting older. I want to see a World Series win. Um, LaRusse is getting older. LaRusse is getting older, too. Let's just have a three-headed monster back there. That's what I would do. I mean, they bring back – I don't know what they – I don't know what starters are available. So, we'll see. I, I don't know. I like Chicago. I think that lineup is still really, really, really good. And, you know – doesn't hurt to have a shutdown seven eight nine. So perhaps the most I'm with you there. We're going to talk about a guy who was a part of a three headed monster in the end of the show who retired, Wayne Davis. Uh, this next guy signed a two year deal with the Angels, uh, two years seventy two million dollars or seventeen million dollars, which coming off of his age thirty three season would have been so unlikely. But this guy last year might have had the best nobody talked about year in baseball that a lot of people in recent memory honestly pitched for the Mets sixty five games six and zero point nine five ERA. 0.935 whip, 9.1 case per nine, and is a lefty. Uh, Aaron Loop, two years, $17 million contract. Uh, again, he had seemingly settled in as a journeyman. Of course, went to Tampa Bay in 2020. Um, well, that'll help. You know, he didn't have the velocity that other relievers have, but again, he went into the Tampa Bay work factory. From there, dominated with the Mets. Uh, and again, this guy's 33 years old. 
good for him. I don't have a whole lot to add. He's probably going to regress from what he was last year. But even if he was every pitcher regresses with the Angels. But even if, but Scott. even if he was what he was at Tampa in 2020 when he had a two five two ERA uh, for eight and a half million dollars a year and you're a lefty, you're very happy with that if you're the Mariners. And by the Mariners, I mean the, the Angels. Angels. Not really sure how I made that mistake there. Uh, Kendall Graveman's replacement, Hector Neris. He's, I'm just going to run through. I have no analysis. Two years, $17 million. Uh, the guy, Neris pitched for the Phillies his whole career, 3.63 ERA. We've seen him blow a bunch of saves. But again, $8.5 million, solid bullpen arm with closing experience there for Houston. Daniel Hudson, one year, $7 million deal with the Dodgers. There's Corey Knable's replacement. Uh, and Kirby Yates, to me, was interesting. Two years, $8.25 million uh, with the Braves. I think people forget because of how hurt Yates has been the past two years. Uh, he was the best relief pitcher in baseball for like a two-year stretch. It was him and Josh Hader. He was wasn't he released by a couple teams? Twenty eighteen by the Yankees. Twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen, he pitched in one hundred twenty five games. I was a, thinking of Brad Hand. Had a one six seven ERA, thirteen point nine Ks per nine, six point seven strikeout to walk ratio. Uh, and I just bring him up because I think he could be a very interesting piece uh, for the Braves if he gets healthy. It's a good fit. The defending World Series champs. Uh, the last signing I'm going to go in depth on before doing some wrap up signings, and the only reason I bring this up, Corey Kluber. One year, $8 million with the Rays. It's a great fit. When Kluber was healthy last year with the Yankees, he was fine. 3-8-3 ERA, strikeout rate 24%. Threw the no-hitter against Texas. That was awesome. Uh, but when you, me, you, and my dad all said the same thing, when Corey Kluber ended up in Tampa, how do we bet on Corey Kluber to win the Cy Young Award next year? It's I. And what does that do if he wins the Cy Young in Tampa? Corey Kluber Hall of Famer? Three Cy Youngs? Has to. Right? Like, has to. Yeah, you have to put him in. This signing could change the course of baseball history. Uh, for now, though, uh, as a Yankee fan, uh, I don't really mind seeing. I don't him really go. mind seeing him go, but this is the perfect fit for player and team. It's perfect. Kluber's gonna ball out there. Next He's year. gonna be so fucking good. I think we have to better him from the side. Oh, I'm gonna throw twenty bucks on it. It's gonna be a long shot, so we'll win big. Um, Pirates signed Jose Perez. Cubs added Clint Frazier and Jan Gomes. Gomes two year, thirteen million dollars. One of our favorite players, Dylan Bundy, one year, $5 million Bundy. with the Giants. Good, good bounce back spot for him. Uh, and the Red Sox, they lost Eduardo Rodriguez. They replaced him with Michael Waka, one year, $7 million. Does nothing for me. Uh, the more interesting, though, was that they gave James Paxson a one year, $10 million deal. Two options that can make it upwards of three for $35 million. Uh, my two thoughts here are one, if you're the Red Sox, good. good Good for you taking a swing on James Paxton. I mean, we saw him when he was healthy. That start against Houston in the postseason for us, probably the biggest postseason start we've had in the past couple of years. Dude, Paxton, when he's on, he's on. But good for Paxton's agent for getting him $10 million guaranteed after coming off of Tommy John surgery. Where did he sign? He was in Seattle last year. He went back to Seattle. The Red Sox, I think, need to get like a Rick Porcello type again. They need an innings guy. Porcello won the sign for him. Yeah, but he was pretty bad the other years. Like, Evaldi and Sale, you got your 1-2 locked up. I like Tanner Hawk, but if your rotation is Evaldi, Sale, Tanner Hawk, James Paxton, Michael Waka, I stand by my comment. Blue Jays are going to win the division. Yes. Two extensions announced on the managerial front. No surprises here. Uh, Alex Cora, 
Best in baseball. Red Sox announced their club option that covers 23 and 2024. Cora, 284, 202 uh, record in three years with the Red Sox. Won the World Series his first year, 84 games his second year. Last year, won 92 games. Took the Red Sox to the ALCS. We're not going to mention what happened in 2020. Um, Brian Snicker, he got his club option exercised for the 2024 season. He's already under contract through 2023. They tacked on a year, though, after he signed an extension this past February. Um, both of these guys deserve it. Cora... One of, if not the best manager in baseball. He is the best. Brian Snicker, I hope they let you manage till you're 100 because you're awesome. Eh, Snicker deserves it. Had a good year. Here's the only time we're going to mention this, but we mentioned the good and the bad for Major League Baseball. Uh, and one of Brian Snicker's players, Marcelo Zuna, was reinstated. I mean, he had a major domestic violence accusation against him. Not accusation. I mean, we saw the video. It's fucking heinous stuff. Um, and they gave him a 20-game suspension. And because he served the 20 games last year, um, he could play. And to me, that's a really bad look on Major League Baseball. He's not going to play. No one's bringing him in. They, they won't. No team will touch him. I hope the Braves don't touch him. I'm just thinking realistically, you know, if they lose Soler, Rosario, and Jock, they might need some bats. But I think the biggest takeaway is even if he doesn't play, it's just the fact that we're even having this conversation that he has the opportunity to play is kind of mind-blowing to me. I don't know. They sat, It's like, yes, I would. I mean, again, I, I wouldn't touch him. We won't go into the weeds there. We mentioned him before, but Wade Davis, three-time All-Star, 2015 World Series champion. He retired after a 13-year Major League career. Came over, uh, was a Rays pitcher, and he came over in the Will Myers trade. Uh, and Wade Davis, once he moved to the bullpen, looking to just see, nothing for the Stroman contract yet, but once Wade Davis moved to the bullpen, uh, it was him, Greg Holland, and Kelvin Herrera. They were the backbone uh, of those two teams that – Won the World Series in 2015, won the pennant in 2014. Uh, Davis, those two years, 2014. I mean, Davis, 2014 to 2017, was a three-time All-Star. Uh, and over, Best reliever in baseball. Over that stretch, 145 ERA, .953 whip, 11.7 Ks per nine. Uh, he signed that four-year, I think it was $63 million deal with the Rockies. Went to Colorado. Predictably, the wheels fell off, although he did lead with 43 saves that first season. But all in all, his career, uh, 141 career saves. 394 ERA, 63 wins, 10.5 war. Uh, and for a relief pitcher, made $87 million. So good there. Wade Davis, good what guy. What did Mariano make for his career? Just out of look right now. But uh, Wade Davis, congrats on a good career. Yeah, you know, you're the most important piece. Proof of why you hands. shouldn't give up on yourself because he's a failed starring pitcher turned historic reliever for a few years. Mo made $169 million. So Wade Davis made half that. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Sure. All right, and last but not least, what we will talk about is, uh, and again, it takes such a back seat, but we got to mention the all MLB teams were announced. The, the first, first team, I think they got it 100% correct. The first and the second team. So the first team, um, I'm just going to go around. Salvador yeah, Perez, the catcher. Vlad Jr. first. Simeon at second. Tatis at short. Yep. Austin Riley at third. Soto, Harper, Judge in the outfield. Otani, DH. Scherzer, Burns, Bueller, Ray, Garrett Cole. Starting pitchers, Hayter and Liam Hendricks and Relief. Uh, and then let's just go through the second team, and then we'll say the snubs. Posey, Freddie Freeman, Ozzy Albies, Troy Turner, Devers, Castellanos, Kyle Tucker, Teoscar Hernandez, Jordan, Shohei, Julio Urias, Galvin Freed, Zach Wheeler, Iglesias, Kenley Jansen. Um, here were some of my minor complaints. My, I have some complaints that, that I'm looking at again. I think uh, Tatis' shortstop I was fine with. There were so many shortstops it could have been. I'm pretty surprised Jose Ramirez got no love at third base, as great yeah. as Austin Riley was. Get. Yeah. Shohei Otani 
off the second team pitchers. What do you think of my Riley and Devers comment, though? They were both great. Jose Ramirez was so good this year, though. Nah, they're fine. Soto, Harper, Judge, I have no complaints with. Get uh, Walker Bueller off the first team. Get Zach Wheeler there. That was my biggest complaint. That's the one issue. Honestly, I would have even I would have kicked Garrett Cole off as much as it pains me to say. For Wheeler. That would have been my kickoff. Oh, I, I would have kept Bueller and got and moved Cole to the second I team. I had Urias on my first team. Also. Relievers, I think they got right. You know, my one complaint on the second team, Kyle Tucker was great. I mean, C.J. Mullins hit 300 and had a 30-30 year, oh, yeah. Cedric. So, I think you got to include him. Um, yeah, Otani, the pitcher, though, was not. Get the fuck off this team, Otani. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to think what I would have had replaced him, though. Let me see the list. Freddie Peralta. Gasman. Gasman's on there. Gasman and Max Freeder on. I would have gone Freddie Peralta. That's my very that's my offhand choice. Carlos yes, Rodone. Rodone, Peralta, Lynn. Lynn. Yeah, I'm going Freddie Peralta. 10 5, 2 8, 1 ERA. Easy. Yeah. All right. Freddie Peralta's our choice. So those were all our OMLB teams. Uh, that wraps out what was the most exciting five days in baseball with the hot stove. Uh, we have our all MLB teams, and um, for the first time in our lifetimes, we're headed towards a lockout in baseball and that. Fucking sucks. Buckle in and get your flu shots and get vaccinated. Buckle in, get your flu shots, get vaccinated. And if you have any ideas um, for shows in the next couple weeks, please let us know. Baseball's locked out, but the show will go on as usual. We'll have no free agent news to report, so get ready for some fun stuff. With Bryce Holden, my name's Chase Minorski. This is the Underdog Sports Baseball Show. Have a great week. (laughs) 